Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. All right. Thank you, Papa G. That's my dad. That's what we call him. Papa G or Pastor G. My name is Kyle. I'm his son, an associate pastor here at this church. And I I was asking the Lord what he wanted to do today through this message. And he spoke really clearly about 20 minutes ago, is I want to train the men in the room for greatness. I want to train the men in the room for greatness. And so he also told me, speak to their heart. Don't speak to their mind, speak to their heart. Speak comfort to their heart with these truths that I believe the Lord gave me to give to the men in the room. So that's my goal by the Holy Spirit, by His grace, is to speak to the men's hearts in the room today and those listening online. So the title of this message is called The Turned Heart. Everyone say, The Turned Heart. The Turned Heart of a Biblical Father. Happy Father's Day. Before I bless the fathers in the room with this message, the Lord was really clear a couple days ago, you need to bless me. Let's say Happy Father's Day to the Father in heaven. Let's all look up and say, Happy Father's Day, Abba. We love you, God. We're so thankful that you're our common Father. Let me ask you guys a question. What does every follower of Jesus in this room have in common? We all have the same dad. We are truly one because we have the same dad. And we have the same blood flowing through our veins, the very blood of Jesus. We are blood relatives by the blood of Jesus. That's staggering. So I just felt led, according to this invitation from the Holy Spirit to bless the Father, let's take two minutes right now. There's a song Sung from the Father's Perspective by Laura Hackett Park at the International House of Prayer. This is a song sung from the Father's Perspective. About 20 seconds in, the first part is our confession to God. But then the the last minute and a half is about the Father singing over us. So to honor our common Father in the room today, let's take two minutes to meditate on the Father's delight in us. He delights in us as his children. Let's take two minutes to meditate on his gentleness towards us that makes us great. His patience towards us. He's so patient with us until we figure it out. (laughs) Even if we don't figure it out, he's still patient with us and his loving nature. So let's take two minutes. They're going to play this song. Just with the eyes of your heart, look up at the Father in heaven. I'm going to join you. We are the children of his delight. I'm the child of your delight. I'm the child of your delight. I'm the child of your delight. Just tell me again, gentle. Gentle with you, I love to be gentle. 
That first phrase of gentle with you, that just wrecked me yesterday. It actually, that came about as I was writing Naomi's prophetic declaration. Her name means gentle. It means a lot of other things, but it means gentle. And I just thought of the gentleness of the Lord in my life. David said in Psalm 18, he looked up to the Lord, he said, your gentleness has made me great inside and out. Not God's power, not his favor, not all the wow factor of the Lord, but God's gentleness made David great. I used to say growing up with my dad, my dad's powerful, he's got power and authority, wisdom, he's got all the cool stuff, but you know what I wanted most out of my dad? I would tell him, just be soft with me. Be gentle with me. And I want to honor my dad right now. My dad has learned softness, gentleness. You know why? Because he has kept a constant, daily, growing relationship with the Holy Spirit. My dad's not perfect, but he talks to God and God talks back. My dad talks to the Holy Spirit more than anyone I know. And I think he hears the Holy Spirit more than anyone I know personally. You know what this has done in my life? My dad's relationship with the Holy Spirit has rescued me from literal death and a thousand other evils. He's warned me more times than I can think of. And his warnings are 99.9% right. I'm like, how in the world? It's because the Holy Spirit knows everything. And my dad talks to him. <laughs> and his relationship with the Holy Spirit has propelled me into a thousand blessings and more. So what's the takeaway for the men in the room? A dad or a man who can hear the Holy Spirit's voice is worth more than a thousand self-help books and counseling appointments. I'll say it again. A dad who can hear the Holy Spirit's voice is worth more than a thousand self-help books and counseling appointments. So thank you, Dad, for keeping the conversation going with the Holy Spirit. It's why I'm here today. It's why there's anything good in my life with the Lord's grace through you and my mom and my grandparents and this church family and other leaders that have invested into me. Here's our springboard verse for today. It's Malachi 4 one of my favorite two verses in the whole of the Bible. It's actually the last two verses of the Old Testament. These are the last two verses of the Old Testament. Then there was 400 years of silence. Then John the Baptist showed up on the scene as a voice crying in the wilderness. Here's what Malachi 4, 5, and 6 says. Behold, or look, I want everyone to look at the screen. Behold, this is the Lord speaking. I, the Lord, will send you humanity, Elijah the prophet. We can say it like this. I, the Lord, will gift you a man called Elijah or the spirit of Elijah before the coming of the great and terrible, dreadful, awesome day of the Lord. The Lord is going to gift humanity, Elijah and the spirit of Elijah, before the second coming of Jesus. This is God's great end-time gift to humanity, is Elijah and Elijah's main ministry, which is to do verse 6. What's Elijah's main ministry? Is it to call down fire? Is it to be awesome? Is it to be so prophetic? No. Elijah's main ministry 
is to turn the hearts of fathers towards their children and the hearts of children towards their father. God's great end-time gift to humanity is the spirit of Elijah resting on men, resting on men, causing their hearts to be turned with attention and affection and provision and protection towards their children, causing a supernatural, guys, close your eyes and envision this, men all over the world, a supernatural, unprecedented turning of the heart from fathers to sons and daughters, and then a commensurate turning of the heart of the children back to their dad. I used to despise my dad. I thought he was weak because he had faith in Jesus, and I was this cool scientific atheist with a full-ride scholarship. But I knew nothing, and he knew it. He knew the truth, and I did not. When I received the Father's love, God turned my heart towards my dad. That's why I could honor him in spirit and in truth five minutes ago. That wasn't puffed up. That was real. Because this happened in my heart, and I want it to happen more. It's only happened at a small measure. Because the truths that I'm about to bring out about a healthy, turned heart of a dad, I'm barely there. Guys, I'm so convicted. I could barely preach this message because I'm so not living up to what a full turning of the heart looks like. So I'm weak among you, sharing the truth, sh sharing the high bar of God's word, what he calls fathers and men in the room, a turned heart, what he calls it to look like. So what is God's great end time gift? It's Elijah and it's Elijah's ministry. It's turned hearts of fathers to kids, kids back to their fathers, a two-dimensional, unprecedented turning of the heart. So the natural question is this. Wow, Berkeley, you're right on it. What does a turned heart look like in practicality? If this is God's great end-time gift, what does it look like? Well, there's a lot of alliteration here because I'm a pastor and that's what we do. <laughs> a lot of A's and a lot of P's. Those are the best two letters if you're a pastor. A's and P's, you can figure it out. <laughs> no, but this is what the Lord spoke to me. He actually showed me this slide in my spirit, and I just made it happen with my fingers. So what does a turn heart look like? It's two primary active attitudes, an attitude shift, an attitude adjustment from men in the room towards the next generation. Parents, who has ever told their kids, you need an attitude adjustment? <laughs> well, God is saying to every man worldwide, you need an attitude adjustment. So these are two active attitudes. A turned heart is two active attitudes of attention towards the next generation, towards the kids, and affection. An active attitude of attention and affection. What will this lead to? This will lead to three primary outworkings or three primary ministries of fathers to kids. It's the ministry of presence, you're in the room with them, and you're fully in the room with them, not distracted, undistracted presence. Then it's under affection or love, it's provision. Provision is an outworking of love, hard work. You know what love is defined as? Hard work that's worth it. Love is hard work that's worth it. So under affection, there's provision. You can stay on that slide. And then protection. Protection is an outworking of affection. 
Protection is an outworking of affection. We're going to look at these, Lord willing, in detail. But I want to qualify this message. Here's the qualifier. This message and promise of a turned heart is equally valid and applicable to both natural and spiritual fathers in the room. All men in the room are to receive this message. And if you're a female in the room, what's your job in this message? To write down these notes, to catch this, and then pray this over the men of the world. Pray this over the men in your life, the men in your community, that they would come up to God's high bar of fatherhood. So no one should tune me out. Women in the room, pray these things over the men in your life, and you're going to see their heart turned. God answers prayer by a turning of the heart. Guys, in the Bible, you know, some of the most heroic fathers of our faith, they're literally called fathers of the faith in the Bible. Some of our most heroic fathers of the faith never had natural children themselves. Think about it. Jeremiah was a father to Israel, never had natural children. He was forbidden by God to marry and have kids. Daniel was a eunuch from the time he was like 15 or 16. And he was a father to Israel. His prayers catapulted Israel back to their homeland. John the Baptist, the great voice in the wilderness. There's no mention of him ever being married or having children. The one who carried the father's heart of the spirit of Elijah primarily first was John the Baptist. And he never had natural kids. Jesus. You know what Jesus is called in Isaiah 9-6? The everlasting father. Jesus is the representation of the everlasting father, and he never had kids. But yet he's got a billion kids worldwide right now. <laughs> John Wesley, my hero, never had kids. C.S. Lewis, same thing. So don't disqualify yourself if you don't have kids yet. You can turn your heart to the next generation spiritually, just like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 4. So let's first look at the active attitude of attention of a turned heart of a father with the primary manifestation or outworking with the ministry of presence. Presence. What does it mean for a father to be present? Guys, this is the primary, first, irreplaceable ministry of a father, to be present. This is opposite of an absentee Father, you can be in the same room as your kids, but be in a completely different place in your soul. That won't work, according to the Lord. What does it mean to be a present father? It means to be a father who is actively and fully, everyone say fully, fully engaged in relationship with your children. You're fully engaged as a father with your body, soul, and spirit, with your children's well-being. You're fighting for their greatness with all of yourself. With your body, you become a father who is physically, bodily there in the room, the same room as your children often. Not 24-7, but often. As much as you possibly can, you're there physically with your body next to your children. Guys, this is quality and quantity of time just sitting with your kids. Again, you don't have to be awesome or entertaining. You're just there. You're there in the room with them, physically. You're also present with your soul. What is your soul? It's your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. You're present as a father 
with your soul, fully present with all of your mind, all of your emotions, all of your will. They become actively involved and focused on your children. And you're fully present with your spirit. This is how my dad has shown me how to be a father, fully present spiritually for your children. What does this mean? It's simple. You keep the conversation going with the Holy Spirit. You keep talking to him about your kids. How do you feel about Amari today? How do you feel about Maple today? And you hear his voice and you speak it over them and it changes their emotional chemistry. It changes the trajectory of their life. To be present spiritually means to have one ear on heaven and one ear on your kids. You know we're called to live in two places at once? We can walk and chew gum at the same time as believers. We can. We're called to. One foot in heaven, one foot on the earth. One ear on the Holy Spirit, one ear on Zeb. That's how it works. It's really simple. You just talk to him like I talk to Sean, like you talk to a friend. That's the irreplaceable ministry of presence. And it starts there and it ends there. It starts there and it ends there to have a turned heart of a father. Now, before we go to affection, the second active attitude of a turned heart, here's our springboard verse for affection or love. It's Isaiah 22, verses 20 through 22. This is what it says. Just the backstory, Shebna was the primary helper to Hezekiah, the primary administrative assistant to Hezekiah the king. And Shebna was full of himself. He was self-seeking, full of pride. God hated that heart. He said, you're supposed to be a father, Shebna, to Israel. You're supposed to help Hezekiah be a father to Israel, but you're full of yourself. You're building your own name. You're literally building your own tomb elaborately before you even pass. So God removed Shebna from his place and put someone with a father's heart in his place. He put Eliakim. Eliakim, he put in Shebna's place in Isaiah 22. You know what it was said of Eliakim? He said, I'm going to give Eliakim your responsibility, your role, your place in the government. Why? Because of this middle verse. He has a father's heart. So I'm going to entrust him with leadership of Israel. God only entrusts his greatest authority to the people who have the largest father's heart. God will entrust greater levels of authority to the measure that your heart grows in this fatherly turning. Guys, everyone wants greater authority. Everyone wants greater authority, but not everyone is willing to do the hard work of a father. And God saw this in Hezekiah's day. You know what it was said? of Eliakim, he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And then the next verse, which is quoted all the time, but no one realizes that it's connected to a father's heart because it's the verse before. The next verse, after God prophesies over Eliakim, you're going to be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He says this, because of that, because of that father's heart, I'm going to give you the key. Everyone say key. I'm going to give you the key of the house of David. I'm going to lay it on your shoulder. What is this key going to do? It's going to open every door that I tell you to open, and no man can shut those doors that you open. So he shall open, and no one shall shut. And he shall shut, and no one shall open. Guys, God will only entrust this kind of authority to someone who has an affectionate father's heart. 
Guys, affectionate fathers will seek the destiny and dreams of their children over and above their own. And God will give the key of David to those kind of hearts, to affectionate fathers. What do they use their authority for? To build their own name and fame? No, they use their authority, their key, to provide for and protect their children instead of using their God-given authority to seek self-promotion. It's staggering. Do you see the correlation between the key of David and the father's heart right here in Isaiah 22? So what does a turned heart look like? It's an active attitude of attention. We already went over that. And now affection. An active attitude of love, of affection. And the first outworking of affection is provision. Provision. What does it mean to be a providing, loving father? It means to be a father who uses his key. A father, every father, every man in the room has a key. What do you use your key for? You use your key of authority and love to provide, to open doors to everything good and necessary for every part of your child's life, for the body, soul, and spirit of your child. You use the key, the authority, to work hard, to provide, to open doors to everything good. You provide open doors for every good and perfect thing that God has in his heart for his kids. The first area that your heart is turned towards your children is the areas of their physical health, their physical bodies. If you're so spiritual that you forget to feed your kids, they're going to die. For real. If you're so spiritual, yeah, there you go. You're going to provide for their physical health, their body. Guys, your hard work as a man, men were called to work hard, to provide, right? God says, if you don't provide for your family, if you're lazy, you are worse than an unbeliever. You're giving a terrible example of the father's heart because the father is always working. That Waymaker song, he always working. So we just follow his example of being 24-7 on for his kids, (laughs) Guys, what does it look like to provide for your children's physical health, their body? Your hard work, a.k.a. love, love is hard work, your hard work will open financial doors in order to provide your children with adequate housing. Doesn't have to be a a fancy, cool house, but it's got to be enough to protect them. (laughs) Adequate housing, clothing, healthy food. You can go back to the last slide. Clothing, healthy food consistent exercise. You provide for their body holistically. Sports leagues, with parents in the room, you got to work a little bit harder to get your kid in that sports league. That's really good because it's providing physical exercise and teamwork and invaluable lessons that only sports can provide. Fathers holistically provide for their children's bodies first, all of their physical needs. And what does that look like? Hard work. <laughs> Second, The second outworking of provision is in their soul, your your child's soul, which again is their mind, their will, and their emotional health. You provide for your kids' souls. Through what? Through hard work, again, which is love. Hard work to open doors for a holistic and godly education to feed their growing and hungry minds. You work hard to put them in a good school 
or to get the right homeschool curriculum. You work hard to do your research. What are my kids learning in school? You feed their souls, their mind, with a holistic and godly education to feed their growing and hungry minds. How do you feed their emotions? How do you provide for their emotional health? You have an intentional emotional connection with your kids. An intentional emotional connection with your kids. What is this going to provide them with? It's going to provide them with emotional strength and stability. You're not emotionally aloof or disconnected to them. You're all in with all of your emotions with your kids. <laughs> Guys, this is going to stabilize your kid better than any medicine, better than anything else, better than any teaching, any self-help book. This will stabilize the emotions of your kids when you are simply emotionally there for them, present. Emotional strength and stability is the product of an emotionally connected, turned heart of a father. Guys, you know what? It's going to last them the rest of their lives too. I believe that. Yeah, they're going to have ups and downs just like all of us. But emotionally healthy start will set your child up for stability emotionally for the rest of their lives. Guys, I said earlier, but your gentleness, your softness, your tenderness with your kids will make them great. That's what David said. So the same works for us. A tender, gentle father is what kids need. And your gentleness... Not all your giftings or all your money. No, your gentleness will make them great. <laughs> I love that because everyone can be gentle. No matter what your giftings are, your salary is, everyone can be gentle, right? I mean, it, you, it's hard to be gentle, but you, we can all receive the grace to be gentle. All right, worship team, you can come up. <laughs> Guys. The last outworking of provision of a turned father's heart in the realm of provision, which is love, it's an outworking of love, is to provide for their spiritual needs. A turned heart looks to provide for the spiritual needs of their children. What does this look like for dads, for men in the room? Hard work. <laughs> Again, love is hard work. Keeping the spiritual bar high in your home is such hard work, especially with the increasing deception and the new age junk that's in our culture that is just rising and rising and rising. It is such hard work to keep your family centered around the Bible, prayer, and local church connection. That's how you provide for your kids' spiritual needs. At the center of your home is not your TV. It's not their iPad. It's not their school books. It's the Bible. The Bible is spiritually at the center of your home. And all the truths contained therein. Men in the room, keep the Bible central in your home. And it will open up doors for your child's eternal success in God's eyes. Their eternal salvation and success. That's the key of love that keeping the Bible central in your home will open up for your kids' lives. You don't just keep the Bible central. You keep prayer. You keep conversation with the Lord together as a family central in your home. You open up the Bible and you talk to God about his word together. 
that will change your kids' emotional chemistry for the best. It really will. I love seeing videos of the kids praying around the dinner table. Teeny's prayer was incredible. It was like, we need to get up here on the mic praying. That was so beautiful and sincere. But did that happen overnight? How did she learn how to pray? Because she heard mom and dad pray. (laughs) That's how I learned how to pray. I heard my dad pray. Keeping the Bible and prayer at the center of your home. It's the fireplace at the center. You know, before they had AC and heating, you know what's at the center of the home? The fireplace. What's the fireplace of a man whose heart is turned towards his kid? It's the word. Is not God's word like a fire? Is not conversation with the Holy Spirit like fire? That's the hearth in the center of your home as fathers. Keep it burning daily. Stoke it. Put logs on it. God's word is a log. Conversation, simple phrases to him is another log. Keep the fire burning hot, men in the room. Prayer and the Bible And then you have a family that's bigger than you. That's local church connection. Guys, men in the room, it's not easy getting up on Sunday morning, getting everyone ready and coming to church. It's so much easier to sleep in and watch football. It is. Or to go do whatever you want to do. It's hard work. Juice, getting up, getting your kids ready, coming to church. That's not easy, especially you've been working 60 hours on cell phone towers all week. But you do it because your heart has been turned. You're a sign and a wonder, young man. How old are you, 20? 21. You're a sign and a wonder because you come every week. You prioritize local church connection when no other 21, not no other, but rarely other 21-year-olds with young families are doing this. It means so much to the Lord. The Bible, prayer, and local church connection, showing up to home groups, showing up to prayer meetings when it's not convenient. That will set your child up for eternal success and eternal salvation in God's eyes. You see that diagram? This is your home. That's the boundaries of your home. Every arrow of your heart throughout your day should be pointing back to the Word of God, should be pointing back to conversation with the Holy Spirit, should be pointing back to, I wonder what my family's up to. How can we bless my local church family this week? Who needs prayer? Who needs a meal donated to them? Who needs a visit in the hospital? Guys, your kids are going to learn so much by your actions, not just your words. Let's show up and pray for that person who's sick. Let's make that meal, Sherry Gordon, deliver it to them in love. Abigail didn't become Abigail by accident. (laughs) She became Abigail because she had an amazing example. This is what we'll close with. It's hard work, men in the room, spiritual and natural fathers in the room. But let me tell you, it's worth it. You wanna see how worth it it is for the men in the room to lead spiritually? You wanna see how worth it it is? Look at this next slide. Let this throttle you. The Father's influence on salvation. The Father's influence, and this is household salvation. This is where everyone's saved. All the kids and the wife are saved in the home. Look at this. When a father comes to Christ first, the man in the house leads spiritually. 93% of the time, the entire family will come to faith and follow Jesus the rest of their life. 93% of the time when a father simply puts Jesus first, puts prayer first, are all your kids saved? Yes, because you led spiritually. 
93% of the time when a father leads spiritually, their entire family will become saved. When it's the mother, only the mother saved. The father has, wants nothing to do with God, but the mother is saved. It's 17% of the entire family will be saved. That includes her husband later and her kids. And then when the kids come to faith first, because the parents are stuck in their ways, even if their kid's radically saved, it's 3.5% that their mother and father will come to faith. Guys, men in the room, when you lead spiritually, it's almost guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, but it's almost guaranteed that your entire household will be saved. Put your name on that Proverbs verse that my dad read. Make it an almost guarantee, just like Acts 16, 31. Peter didn't say to the Philippian jailer, you're going to be saved. You're going to have a great life. He said, no, he went out of his way. The Holy Spirit went out of his way to said, believe on the Lord Jesus, head of your household, Philippian jailer, and you will be saved. And then the Holy Spirit went out of his way. He's like, you and your household, everyone connected to you in your house is going to be saved because you're saying yes to Jesus right now. That is staggering. So fathers, the work of provision, the work of attention and affection and provision, body, soul, and spirit is worth it. Let's stand to our feet right now. It's so worth it. And so we're going to skip because of time, the last point on protection. There's some good stuff in there. We just didn't have time. (laughs) But I want the men in the room to respond right now and the women, but I'll tell you how to uniquely. You can go to the very last slide, Berkeley. Thank you. I want all the men in the room to respond in humility right now. Humility. Guys, we need help to have a turned heart. This doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens. How does a turned heart happen according to Malachi 4? You receive Elijah. You receive the spirit of Elijah, the spirit and power of Elijah to have a turned heart. We can't do this by ourselves. We can't turn our own hearts. But God and Elijah can. Guys, I think Elijah physically will come back to planet Earth, will show up again. He might be one of the two witnesses. I think he's coming back to Earth. That's not clear, but I think it's going to happen because that verse doesn't say the spirit of Elijah. It says Elijah. (laughs) But before Elijah comes, in the last three and a half years before Jesus comes back, I think he's going to show up and call down fire, literally. And he's going to turn the hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. Before that happens, there's going to be an entire generation that catches. Everyone say catches. You're going to catch the spirit of Elijah. You know, you don't catch a baseball by accident. You put up your glove and you catch it. You don't catch a basketball by accident. You put your hands out and you say, I want the ball. So what are you doing, men? You're saying, I want the spirit of Elijah. All the men in the room, put your hands out right now if you're watching online. Put your hands out to catch the spirit of Elijah. He said, I will send. Not I might, I will send Elijah and his spirit to a generation who's hungry to have a heart turned towards their children. So with your hands out, you're saying, I want a turning of my heart. Some of them in the room are like 80, 90% turned. I don't want to judge my own heart, but it's not there. It's not there yet. I need more of the spirit of Elijah. I need more of a turned heart to live up to the bar that I just communicated. I'm so not there. And if we're honest, probably no one in the room feels like they're fully there, right? Yeah. 
So you're catching right now. You're saying, in humility, I need more. Just begin to talk to the Father. The Father is the one that said, I will send. So talk to him and say, would you send the spirit of Elijah to me? I receive the spirit of Elijah right now. I'm going to pray it. Lord, I need help. I need help to be a better dad, spiritually and naturally. Would you turn my heart? Would you make me present in the room? Not just physically there, but emotionally there and spiritually there. Make me more present. Lord, make me more affectionate. Let me work harder to provide more for the body, soul, and spirit of my children. I want to be wrung out at the end of each day because I had a full day. Oh, it's so good to be wrung out at the end of the day because that means you fully lived. That means you fully lived on that day and you fully gave. Jesus was wrung out at the end of every day because he gave it all every day. <laughs> Saying, help me. I receive the spirit of Elijah. I receive, just repeat after me, I receive a greater turning of my heart. Would you turn my heart more violently in a holy way towards my kids? Would I love them violently? Would I fight for them in a violent, holy way? This is good, holy violence, by the way. <laughs> this is where you fight tooth and nail to defend the word of God in their life, to keep prayer central in your home, his presence central, and local church connection central. This is what you're doing. So to finally close, this is what we're gonna do to finally close today. By the way, women in the room, I'm just going to remind you again, pray the spirit of Elijah for the men in your life. Pray the spirit of Elijah for all the men connected to you. Pray that God would make that spirit go viral way more than COVID. You know, pretty much everyone in the world got COVID. I want pretty much every man in the world to catch a measure of the spirit of Elijah, the turning of the hearts in the hardest and darkest places. Women in the room, you have an assignment to pray the spirit of Elijah over your future husbands, over your current husband. You have an assignment to pray this. So all the men in the room, this is how you're going to respond. And all the women, you're going to prophetically pray these words over the men in your life and over the men of the world. We're going to sing to the good, good father. Because guys, we, again, we can't do this by ourselves. 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 tells us that we become what we behold. Whatever we look at is what we're going to look like. So with the eyes of our heart, we're going to look at the perfect Father in heaven right now, the good, good Father. And we're going to allow his goodness to fill us and turn our hearts. So let's sing to the Father and just let him supernaturally change our hearts, change our minds, change our attitudes towards our children in the next generation. Let's sing this and then we're done. So I'm going to have Chad send us out with a Father's blessing. Chad is not the father of natural children but he has the Father's heart. He reaches out to the next generation intentionally. So guys, no matter what state you're in with natural children, if they're out of the house, you can always become a greater and more intentional spiritual father to the next generation. From the Zebs, 11-year-olds, you're already fathering the next generation, the younger children in the church. So would you pray that Father's blessing for grace to be a, a better, more intentional spiritual father? Heavenly Father, you are the Father from which every good Father derives his essence. 
So Lord, give us grace to see you, to have a heart before you that is not held back at all, so that out of knowing you, out of knowing your fathering of us, we can father the next generation, we can father our children with the tenderness, with the attentiveness that you bring to us, Father. I just bless every man in, man in this room to receive that tenderness, to receive that love, and to overflow with it into their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Y'all have a great week. Happy Father's Day. Love y'all. Y'all are awesome. <laughs>